Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Unplug with Annie. We continue this incredible series which is taking off based on entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship, mindset, motivation, a little bit of everything that we're about on Unplug with Annie. And today it's an absolute pleasure and privilege to welcome David Meltzer to the show. Now, I have been following David for a couple of years actually on social media and I was so compelled uh, to get in touch with him. And I mean, what can I say about David? He is the CEO of Sports One Marketing. He's also Variety Magazine Sports Humanitarian of the Year. He is also a Forbes top 10 keynote to hire, as well as one of the top 100 business coaches. He is also a two times best-selling author and the host of a number one podcast called The Playbook, which is an entrepreneur's podcast, as well as the star of a number one digital show called Elevator Pitch. So he basically has his hands incredibly full and he is full of a lot of wisdom and advice, especially for young entrepreneurs and people who have not only been in the business for a long period of time, but are starting out, you know, so from the moment of inception all the way to execution, I think David's advice is priceless. So Without further ado, I'd just like to give a big warm welcome to David Meltzer. Um, I just want to get straight into it by asking you that you, you said that monetizing is how we materialize things um, in the pursuit of being successful and that one should also stay happy. Um, and I read a study recently which actually showed that we're, we're really happy on average about 15 days a year. In your opinion, is this enough? And how do we find happiness more consistently while striving to be successful? Great question. So my whole mission is happiness. And the reason is, is unfortunately, the number one uh, cause of death for people under 50, for example, in America, is actually suicide. So we have a huge happiness problem, which is indicative of if people are on average happy 15 days a year, that we have a major, major problem. And so I'm on a mission to empower 1,000 people and teach them to empower 1,000 people to teach 1,000 people. So 1,000 times 1,000 times 1,000 is a billion people. I've mathematically found a realistic way, I believe, to shift the conscious, the collective conscious of happiness on Earth. If I can uh, shift that in one billion people, one particle of light overcomes a billion, I'm sorry, a million particles of darkness. I believe that by creating a collective conscious of a billion happy people that are happy all but 15 days a year, mm-hmm. that I can significantly change all and accelerate all and exponentially grow all on earth. And I do believe that monetization is one of the keys to happiness. And it's not because money buys happiness, but in the pragmatic world, at this vibration, in the realistic world, money allows us to shop. And when we shop for the right things, when we're happy, we shop for the right things. When we shop for the right things, like for example, on my 50th birthday, um, I had 50 birthday parties that year so that I could shop for two community centers in Africa. And I've never been more happy in my life to be able to have that type of passion, purpose, and profitability all aligned so that I could have a significant impact on millions of people. Um, Moreover though, how does that work? Well, money itself is a currency. That means 
as a currency, it's an object of energy uh, that is put through a current. And that current is the economic flow of this currency that allows us to go ahead and put a credit card in Amazon and we can manifest or attract whatever it is we're shopping for. There's something even greater than that that we're missing, and, and that's the greatest currency of all. And the greatest currency of all is faith. Uh, and faith is an energy, it's an object in which is a currency that we put within the current or the flow of the universe to get what we want. And faith, most people misinterpret as an object. They don't realize that it's the aggregate of what they think, say, do, believe, and even the unconscious competencies of what they are born with, meaning their personality traits, characteristics, obsessions, and addictions, as well as the energy in which they carry. And so if I can combine the idea of money and monetization of the ability to shop for what you want, as well as faith that gives you the ability to manifest or attract what you want from even a bigger shopping center, which I call the field of intention, the one that holds everything of more than enough for more than enough people, and then abundance can be created and happiness can be created, we would find there'd be a major reduction not only in suicide, most importantly, but more importantly, even a reduction in all types of things like, you know, disagreement, death, destruction, disease, all of these things that prey upon the faith of not enough, of scarcity, and of unhappiness. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so going off of the topic of faith, then a lot of faith is obviously required when you're when you're looking to start a business and perhaps turn your passion into a business. Um, what would the one definite piece of advice um, be that you would give to somebody who's about to do just that and whether it's related to the inception and actually starting it or actually uh, more focused on the execution? What would that one piece of advice be to someone turning their passion into a business? First of all, simply stay in business, right? <laughs> Remember that no no one's gonna no one's gonna love what they do, right? You, you actually learn to love what you do. You don't do what you love. So you may have a passion for something, but it's not the monetization of it, right? And so what you want to do is love what you do, not do what you love. You need to learn to love what you do. And the first step is to give yourself the faith that you are going to enjoy the consistent, everyday, persistent, without quit pursuit of that potential. In other words stay in business, allow things to happen, focus in on the acceleration and exponential growth of your pursuit, knowing that most people quit because they manifest what other people want for them. And then they resent those people. And we call those people, you know, our family and our friends. Mm. But moreover, we need to learn to stay in business, put faith in what we want, and continue to focus it on the acceleration and growth of where we are in our business, not the outcome and definitely not other people's opinions or judgments of our business. Yeah, yeah. And you, you've, you've also said that in order to break through, you need to be more interested than interesting. Is that, is that mostly for the business scenario? Because obviously the process can be uncomfortable and full of challenges. Or is it just generically in life that you feel um, uh, you need to stay passionate and interested and and how do you do that at the different stages because they come with their challenges and it, it can be uncomfortable Absolutely, you cannot separate Business and some other life, right? The problem with most people is they see things and separate things in the wrong manner mm. You have 24 hours of activity in the day 
and that activity should be utilized for productivity and accessibility. How much value are you providing as well as how are you accessing and are you accessible to others? So how are you accessing what you want and how accessible are you to others? There's just activity you get paid for and activity that you don't get paid for. I focus in on and put my faith in on giving more and more activity that I get paid for. Uh, there's no transition from work to play to pleasure to non-pleasure. So in the breakthrough, right, the limitations that we set for ourselves, I always say the only limits that we ever should encounter are the limits they put on our credit cards, because otherwise there's no limits that we have and we've already predestined ourselves for those limits. But in order to break through, it's our life that we need to be more interested and interesting. We have to be more productive and accessible. We have to allow things to happen in that manner by looking and seeing that I have the ability to expand and accelerate beyond by asking for help, mm -hmm. right? That's how we're more interested, as well as more importantly, too, giving value to what we do. Right, there's a simple mathematic equation is if we provide more value, we can ask for more value. And the way that we can provide more value too is the investment of others to leverage the situational knowledge that they have, experience and dummy tax that they've lived, relationship capital. You know, one of the easiest ways to build a business, any type of business, is to simply realize that if I, in person, on the phone, via email or media, social media, radio, print, TV, whatever it is I'm utilizing as media, if I simply would ask, do you know anyone that could help me? Now, most people on average know a minimum of a thousand people. Mm. That simply by asking one person, do you know anyone that can help me? I can increase my network 31,000 people a month simply by asking one person in person on the phone via email, social media, or regular media, to, if they know anyone to help me. Imagine if I did 10 people a month, it would be 310,000 people a month. You can create exponential growth and acceleration simply by asking, do you know anyone that could help me? Yeah, yeah. And it, it often, I, I, I find that um, a lot of people really find it tricky to delegate work as well, especially when they're starting up something and they're very passionate about being involved in every step of the process. Would you say that that's the right way to go about it or you need to start delegating quite early on in the process and try and take a step back from the outcome? So first of all, there's two different issues there. One is, you know, delegation and the other is attachment. So what we want to do is focus in on our emotions, right? Our happiness to the enjoyment of the consistent, persistent pursuits, acceleration and growth, not any outcomes. Uh, as far as the empowerment of delegation, we want to delegate as much as possible through people that have been empowered with the values that we have. So for example, for me, it's do I and can I execute on empowering other people with gratitude, which will give them perspective, Forgiveness, which will give them complete peace. Accountability, which will give them control. And inspiration, empower them to be inspired to be more productive and accessible. And if I can do that, then all of us utilizing those four values can detach from the emotional outcome by creating limitations in time, a pragmatic mandate 24 hours, which actually creates limitations, resistance, void shortages, obstacles by creating fear based on time, right? So most people think they're motivated by some sort of goal that they're gonna have this much by this time or finish this or close this by this time. Mm -hmm. Well, actually fear is not a motivator. 
here's a depreciator. It sucks your soul. It sucks your energy. And where people need to distinguish and learn is that fear is actually has a purpose and it allows you to focus. And so people misinterpret or misunderstand the focus for motivation. So what I try to do is utilize and teach people to substitute, find a substitute for fear for focus, like having uh, habits, like being more interested than interesting, being a student of your calendar, doing it now, asking for help. All of these different things can be utilized as a substitute for fear. And all of the things in which I teach are inspirational with gratitude, empathy, accountability, and inspiration. Effective communication provides the inspiration so that you can bend time through relativity so that the man-made prospect of 24 hours turns into a multiple of 64 hours a day of productivity within the 24-hour context of time. That all is produced by this idea of detaching from an outcome, asking for help, motivating others, and empowering others with those values. Yeah, absolutely. And the topics of fear, like you mentioned fear specifically, but anxiety, mental health, all of these things are constantly under the radar. How do you personally um, stay in a, in a healthy state and a healthy mental state with so much work happening around you and obviously being pulled in different directions? Um, and, and, and that's obviously part of also being an entrepreneur and having your hands in, you know, in different doors, if you like. Um, but pressure is often not just, you know, from the work, it's from family relationships and uh, many different uh, departments in your life. So how do you personally um, stay in that optimal state of, you know, good mental health? Yeah, so the way to stay in a state of good mental health, at peace, at center, is simply to know where that is. So the first step is to have a meditation routine seven days a week, I always tell people two minutes of meditation is worth more than two hours on a Saturday. Uh, so what I do is utilize a baseline every day by meditating and finding my center and then understanding and raising my awareness to when I'm acting out of ego. Ego edges goodness out of my life. It corrupts the connection to that which inspires me. It allows me to get distracted from the focus that I have. It puts me on a trajectory, not on the pursuit of my potential, but one in which I don't want. So the first step is to have a baseline by meditation. The second to raise my awareness of when I'm off center or out of center and utilizing physical and mental and spiritual techniques so that I don't allow the need to be right, the need to be offended, the need to be separate, inferior, superior, guilty, resentful, offended, angry, frustrated, fearful, anxious, any of the needs of the ego in which I've raised my awareness that setting down the baseline of being of center now I can utilize the approach that if I go off of trajectory, if I go off of center, the first step is to stop, recenter myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's, I mean, that's great advice. And meditation keeps coming up. So I feel like it's something I don't do yet, but I feel like I should be doing. Um, when, when, when you were growing up, David, was there a light bulb moment for you where you decided like, this is the life you want to have, that you want to be an entrepreneur, or was it more that you kind of fell into it? It was a process of sort of learning on the go and you progressed as you went along. So my focus was on being rich. Uh, okay. so when I was very young and five years old, I just wanted a lot of money. Um, what I thought was a lot of money. My mom was raising six kids, uh, single mom. Grew up in a two-bedroom apartment with all these kids, and I just only time I wasn't happy because I had an extraordinary mother was when we 
such a Ford something, right? The car would break, summer camp, whatever it may be. And I catch my mom crying out of frustration, anxiety, and fear that she lived in a world of not enough and her children wouldn't have enough. Uh, and I felt that from the time I was five, that if I could buy my mom a house, if I could buy her a house and a car, then I would always be happy. So my evolution and my journey was always money motivated. And I truly believe uh, it lasted through when I graduated law school and went to law school specifically to be a type of lawyer that made the most money in oil and gas lawyer, which I was more interested than interesting in finding out. But then going into a sales job because I felt that that could make more money and I could mitigate risk if I wasn't good at it, still an oil and gas litigator. But moreover, always motivated by the money, what I could buy, more than enough. I created such happiness in my life when I bought my mom a house. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I bought my Ferrari. But it wasn't, it wasn't real, right? It, it wasn't fulfilling. In fact, the only time I wasn't happy was when I built my dream house and was married to my dream girl and had my dream family. And I woke up empty because I realized that money does not buy happiness. It doesn't even rent happiness. It mm -hmm. simply is, allows us to shop. And if we shop for the right thing, we're gonna be happy. And that's why I'm money motivated today. And my evolution of entrepreneurship is simply to make a lot of money so I can help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. I live in a world of more than enough. So things don't happen to me as a victim. Right? I'm never a victim. I'm not even an optimist with everything happens for me like when I was young. Mm -hmm. I'm a optimist. I allow everything to come through me for others to empower them to be happy. So everything I do is to make a lot of money to come through me for other people to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. Okay. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I just want to end by just like quickly asking some like rapid fire, three quick questions. Um, the first okay. one, the first one being, um, what are you most grateful for? <laughs> I'm most grateful for kindness, the perspective of kindness. Okay. Okay. Amazing. And what would your favorite thing be to do on a day off when you, when you, when you're giving yourself that break from work? <laughs> like I said, I don't believe in work, so I don't believe in days off. And my favorite <laughs> thing to do is to find peace. Uh, that's every single day, that baseline, the more that I can live in peace connected to that which inspires me so that it allows that inspiration to come through me. Amazing. And last but not least, what is the best thing about being an entrepreneur? Making a lot of money so I can help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Amazing. Thank you so much for doing this and being part of this. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I certainly appreciate it. And let me know how I can be of service. Of course, I will. I will. Have a wonderful day ahead. I will. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that was the end of another episode on the Elevation series. I'm super excited about next Sunday. Do stay tuned. And for all updates regarding the podcast Unplug with Annie, do follow and like the page Unplug with Annie on Instagram and Facebook. We're now on 10 platforms, including Spotify, Anchor and iTunes.